time for Mac Geek Gab, and listener Joe brings us our quick tip of the week with a follow-up from last week in episode 1009, where we were talking about a cool stuff found and some other methods of pasting text without formatting. Joe says you can also accomplish this natively in macOS by using Command-Shift-V, which gives you paste without formatting from the edit menu. Other listeners suggested this as well. You're right, Joe. This is a great way to do it, and it works, in my experience, about 99% of the time, and that's probably why those other tools and utilities exist to do it when it doesn't. More quick tips like this, plus your questions answered today on Mac Geek 1010 for Monday, November 20th, 2023. Ah! Greetings, folks, and welcome to Mac Geek Gab, the show where you send in quick tips like that. You send in cool stuff found. Like we mentioned, you even send in your questions, which we do our level best to answer. And we stitch it all together into an agenda, loosely organized, maybe by topic or theme, such that it makes it easy for each and every one of us to learn at least five new things every single time we get together. Sometimes we even play that sound when we learn something, especially uh, notable for us sponsors for this episode include linkedin.com slash M G G where you can go and post your first job for free. We'll talk more about that in a little bit for now here in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in South Haven, Mississippi showing some love down there. Pilot Pete. Good to be here, Dave. Who thanks are, for having me back. I mean, it's thanks for coming oh, back. It's yeah, what we do. Yeah. It's like we're <laughs> it's here right together. On. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we are. It's uh it and it is the two of us today, and I believe it'll it, be the two of us the next time. However, it is, Dave, but here's the thing. You know, I I, I have a day job or a night job in some cases. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and I'm sick of carrying the show on my back week after week after week, week in and week out. You know, I have to answer two or three questions while you prepare and produce and answer questions and get the advertising and record the advertising and put the show together and put it out. The I'm burden the burden is tough back. for you, Pete. I, I it, we, it we, we all feel horrible. for you. Yes. Do you have a solution for me, Dave? Um I you know, it's interesting. I, I didn't have a solution for you. I didn't know what it was gonna be. And then we were at MacStock, and the way MacStock works is uh, the logistics are mm, atypical <laughs> for a conference. Yeah. I was going to be kind about it, Pete, but yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's weird, right? Because you don't stay at the place where the conference happens, so you have to drive to and from. Yeah, there aren't good hotels right there. Right, and so this yeah. year, because of other logistics, we were about 15, maybe 20 minutes drive from the uh, hotel where we stayed to the, the the center and uh, to the venue and so i i had rented a car and I, I said well you know we can carpool a little bit and and it, you and i carpooled each day and there was one other person that carpooled with us and it was adam christensen adam from the mac cast is probably where most of you know him and then uh he's also been working together with us here for well over a decade he 
uh, was on staff at Mac Observer doing all kinds of uh, sort of back end back end stuff. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. He he did all the Mac Observer web development. He did the Mac Geekab site. As we split that out from Mac Observer, he was like he was he really led that project. I was going to say he helped me with it in that he did it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. So and and of course at Backbeat Media, we've repped MacCast since. Uh, the beginning like you helped me with this show dave y- yeah you do right. it <laughs> right yeah exa- exactly it was exactly that yeah right and i noticed in the car as we were going back and forth that the three of us had a really good rapport and we tested it out a few times on the show and this was all sort of hidden in the back of my head and i wasn't even ready to think about well y- you know do we bring adam in john had just retired from podcasting and left the show. And I I really didn't want to make any other changes anyway, but it just sort of stuck in my head like, Oh, this is a good option. And we did in fact have Adam on a couple of times and it it worked out great. And then uh, when Adam told me that he was, you know, he came to me because we rep the ads for his show. And was like, I I really think I got to like wrap this up just life wise and all that. And he's like, but I really miss podcasting. And I'm like, all right, I need to share an idea with you. <laughs> and uh, and so for those of you who listen to MacCast and have listened to his most recent episode uh, that came out right before this one, uh, you will know that Adam uh, is, in fact, retiring MacCast, but he is not retiring from podcasting. He's coming over here and joining the MacCab family with us. So I'm really, I'm stoked. Yeah, really there's, stoked. There's a this. there's a real nice organic friendship that's here. And yep. and uh, at, at, Adam is a new friend, and when you mentioned it to me, uh, oh, and now we get to deal with Pete's hotel Wi-Fi in South Haven, Mississippi, because Pete has frozen up. So I don't know what we're going to hear from Pete here. Talking ever so briefly, in case there he is, he's you, back. I am back. Who left? You or me? Oh, it was you. <laughs> oh, okay. I think. I, you know, I, yeah. like I, I, I assume it was you. The, the listeners will tell us. <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll, yeah. we'll find out in post whether yeah. uh, I kept talking or you kept talking. That's fair. That's <laughs> fair. Yeah. 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 I heard myself the whole time. I bet you did. Yeah. 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 Somebody, somebody it, in the chat. But, but the audio stream, which is the bulk of what this show is, will be what I, what my, from my perspective. What? So say whatever you said. Please say it again. I was just saying there uh, there seemed to develop, an, I, I consider Adam a new friend, relatively new friend. Sure. But there's an organic uh, friendship that's grown out of this. This is great. I think the chemistry is great, and, and I look forward to the, the show being Same. even better. Same. I think three of us will be more than one plus one plus one. I think it'll be, yes, I agree with that. Uh, uh, big time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, starting in December, Adam will be uh, a, re- a regular here. Uh, yeah, there will be some episodes that he has to miss, just like there are some episodes that Pete has to miss. And Adam and I were Dave talking. never seems to miss any. Well, Dave. Adam was <laughs> like, you know, like between me and Pete, we we do each produce podcasts, at least currently. He's uh, like, we know how to do this. He's like, I know how the Mac Geek Cab backend works, too, because I wrote it. And uh, he's like, this could actually give you the opportunity to take a vacation. I was like, huh, oh, what a concept. Huh, yeah. An episode of Mac Geek Up without me. I, I, I don't, I don't dislike this first. idea. It'll be a first. <laughs> it could be a first. Uh, I, yeah. I, like I'm not, okay. I'm not ready to like do that yet, but I yeah. don't dislike the idea. There is oh. a, there's a little bit of a charm here. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. This is a, yeah. The, the, 
I'm excited. That, that That's the Same. best I can say is I'm excited. And Same. so let me say also to all you who are MacCast listeners coming over here for the first time, come join the party. Send us your questions. Send us your tips. Watch us live. Join us on Discord, com slash Discord. If you have uh, a, a question or a comment, you could get us at feedback at com. Feedback at com, Pete. I believe that's what you said. No, no, I said feedback at com. That is uh, where things like this were sent in from listener Mark, which actually didn't come into feedback at MacGeekGab.com. It came in in our Discord. <laughs> but uh, that, this is how this is what we do on the show. We don't normally talk about, you know, we don't spend the first eight minutes talking about changes. Yeah. of, uh, but, but this is a big one. So uh, Mark says, uh, laugh at me if you want. And we're never going to laugh at you for discovering things. <laughs> I, 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 I almost skipped over this part of it. It's like, no. There's never anything. He says, but I just discovered something that may have been common knowledge, but it's opened up the world of Sonoma desktop widgets to me. I didn't think desktop widgets would be all that helpful because I usually have two completely full 34-inch screens with windows covering everything. How would I ever conveniently see any desktop widgets? Well, I just happened to click on a tiny sliver of open desktop space. And lo and behold, all of my windows moved off screen to display the blank desktop. Another click, and they're all back. This makes my full 68 inches of desktop widgets one click away. Another click, all my windows are back. He says, sorry to say, uh, if any of you are saying, duh, I've been doing that for years. You haven't, none of us have been doing it for years. It is new to macOS Sonoma. I'm sure it was put in for exactly this reason. And you can change it if it drives you crazy. And this is a, it, this is sort of a, a quick tip in reverse because when Sonoma first came out, we talked about how to disable this. Mark M makes us realize why we might not want to disable it and instead just adopt a new habit because he's totally right. Having those desktop widgets a click away actually makes them valuable. But... If you want to control this, you can go into system settings, go into desktop and dock, and you will see an option there called click wallpaper to reveal desktop. And uh, you can either have it set to always or only when you're in stage manager mode. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. So rest assured, Mark, we are not laughing at you. We are laughing with you. Oh, yeah. We're, we're celebrating <laughs> with you. I, yeah, this I, is awesome. Yeah. It, it took me a little bit, Pete, to, to uh, like think about using desktop widgets the right way. But now that I have, man, I, like I, yeah. I'm, I'm loving it, especially, well, especially on my like big monitor in the office. I, I, I'm not using it as much on my laptop, which is interesting to me. So, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So we're recording the Friday before the Monday, when this show comes out, yep. I, I will get home tomorrow and I'm actually going to pull the trigger this weekend. I think on Sonoma, on so Sonoma. I'm looking okay. forward to trying this out. Great. Yeah. yeah. And I'm around if you need help with like, oh, I'll, the, need, the, I'll the need help with the stuff. mail. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Jeepster brings us our next quick tip saying in Apple notes, clicking the date at the top of a note will switch between displaying the created date and the edited date. I came across this tip on uh, Mac Power Users podcast and wanted to share it. It's truly remarkable how many hidden features are tucked away in Apple's various operating systems. What? Right? Look at that. Yep. Which is awesome. Here's Created the Created and edited. Oh. Right? Right? Let me let me let me help you with that, Pete. 
Thank uh, you. You got it. <laughs> uh, the I, I gotta talk to Rogamiba about why all of my sounds have like a little chirp at the end of them. I gotta figure this out. I gotta see if it's happening just because uh, it's when I'm playing them in Farago. But it, oh! I gotta see if it's happening on all of my machines or just this one. Mine don't seem to. So no, mine didn't. It's used just to. you. But anyway, um, special for you, Dave. I saw this tip. And I did not know about it. I had the same reaction that you did, Pete, when I first learned of it. And then I thought, wait a minute, does this also work on iPhone? And the answer is yes, but you won't see it immediately. When you pull up a note on iPhone at the top of the the sort of content window is the title of the note and then the contents of the note. But if you pull down, you will see the date and it will be toggling between created and edited. So you can, uh, you can you can you can do the same thing just by you have to pull down to to expose the date and then uh tap it so yeah ah, yeah okay it's good stuff nice yep well i got a quick tip from neil okay and uh, you know when i read this i went well, it's brilliant and why didn't why didn't someone think of this a long time ago and maybe somebody did but for those of you that are are terminal geeks Using the sudo command, what happens when you use the sudo command? It asks me for my password. Time. Yeah. What's your password? What's your Every password? time. What's I got to type it in. What, yeah. Do you have a really long, difficult pa- I mean, we, obviously, at some point, we it, mine's kind of like muscle memory almost more than the password. I, I don't, Pete. I have a very short, easy-to-type password partially because of this. Well, what is it, Dave? Uh-huh. That's right. Maybe it is. Uh huh. That would actually be a there good go. password, right? That's That'd be awesome. Easy to type with one hand, two car- right two on. fingers. U H U H. I don't yeah. know. That it's not. That's not actually my password. My password isn't much better than that. Okay. But, but like uh huh could be a password, right? If you so wanted something I'm insecure. Gonna, it, it, this is difficult and too hard to explain what what I'm about to tell you. Okay. That you can do. It's too difficult to explain here on the show. But we're going to put the link in the show notes, and, and and I will read the link in case you want to pause and do it that way. But here's the thing: you can use Touch ID for oh. your password yeah. in Terminal. What? Yeah, you can. Yep. And there's a tutorial at idownloadblog.com. You don't have to read the link. It, it, they'll okay. never. They'll never remove. It's Nobody's going to type it. Mgg. Macgigab.com. Slash show notes. And they come out nope. also with the... I don't think that gets anybody anywhere. Oh, no, I think that's that a 404. I, 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 that's Just gross. go to MacGeekab.com. It's episode 1010. Uh, Thank you. Or you can go to MGG.FM slash 1010, and that will get you right to the episode 1010 show notes. Or if you go to MacGeekab.com, you will be given the opportunity to sign up for our mailing list. I know everybody offers this. Bingo. We do too. But... Ours, I like to think, is super valuable, and we hear that from you, because what we do with our list is send you the show notes with all of the clickable links from all of the things we talk about automatically every time an episode comes out, which is generally once a week. So you will automatically get all of these. You don't have to think about it. We had, uh, I wish I could remember the person's name. We had a somebody write in who is a premium listener, meaning they they mm-hmm. you know, support us directly with uh you know, with, with cash and saying, I don't listen to the show anymore often, but I still support you with my premium subscription. I like the email that I get with all the links. That's enough for me. It's like, wow. Okay. Nice. Sure. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. It's like, I, 
I didn't know how I felt about it. At first it was like, I'm super like, what a, what a testament to, you know, the value of the email. It's like, but what does that say about the show? Well, people have busy lives. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Things. Yeah, yeah. No, and the it. important thing is we hardly never sell your email address to people. Hardly if ever. That's never. right. Hardly never. <laughs> hardly never. That's right. Hardly never. Yep. So. Yep. Um, yeah. uh, you know, something that I thought hardly would never happen is that, uh, but it, 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 it is happening. Apple announced it uh, on Thursday of, of last week when this comes out. Uh, yesterday for those of us recording today apple is going to bring google's or the, the the rcs messaging standard to iphone in 2024 what? that's awesome uh, it really is awesome so for those of you who don't know what rcs is let me explain it a little bit differently you know how when you message using the messages app on your phone you message an apple person not only do you get blue bubbles but you get the ability to like send pictures at, and video at full resolution and have meaningful group chats. And you can like, like messages and, and, and do all send of the red receipts, send red receipts. Exactly. All of those things that feel like part of a modern messaging protocol. And then you text with your green bubble, Android using friends, and you don't get any of those features and pictures and video come through like they were, taken on the finest of all potatoes yeah. it, it's just awful and, and do friends really let friends use android anyway well, dave i'm some, just saying some of us some Asking of us let our friends use that that's right <laughs> yeah uh and so instead of having pictures and sharing pictures that look like they were taken on the finest of all potatoes rcs is what android phones use to send messages to each other so that they have all of these rich messaging protocol features people have been asking apple for years will you please add rcs it's a standard that way you don't have to resort to sms which is also a standard but much older and uh, even as as recently as last year tim cook said no we'll never add it well you know like like many things with apple including my favorite you know will never run on intel chips um until they did uh for a long time and then, of course, stopped running on Intel chips and now are running on, <laughs> on Apple didn't. Silicon. Yeah. And then they didn't again. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, Apple Apple is is Thank able to though. change their mind, just, which just is an editorial comment, there. which is a good thing. Yeah. Right. Like, it's good yes. that they change their mind. Like this is something we love about Apple. And so they have changed their mind on this. Now, it's important to note there is one fundamental difference in today's RCS protocol versus today's iMessage protocol. Ooh. Ooh, pick me. Pete, Dave, do you know what I that difference is? Secret, can I send you a secret message, Dave? You can if you iMessage it to me. <laughs> but it's not secret if you send it via RCS because RCS as the standard does not have end-to-end -end encryption in it. Google has added an extension to it that is oh, not okay. part of the standard that supports end-to-end -end encryption. Apple has said they are not going to adopt that. Instead, they are going to work with the RCS, with the GSM group, which is the, the, the one that, that sort of administers these standards, to get end-to-end -end encryption as part of the standard, not as some add-on. And, and so, like, I think this is a good thing all the way around because, you know, Apple obviously not just talks the talk, but also walks the walk with, in, with encryption and security. And so I think this will be good for all all phones like this will be great.
Yeah, yeah no, I'm excited to see that yeah. coming to it. So it, green bubbles get better. Offers, as you can see when the other person is, you know, in, in theory, when they're typing, yep. when they have their keyboard open, you can see it, I guess. Right. You get, yeah, you get yeah. that. So, so this, instead of just getting pictures back and forth, uh, from, you know, your Android friends that were taken on the finest of all potatoes. They now will be taken on the finest of all green bubble potatoes. So there, there you, you go. go. Yeah. Ooh, green potatoes. Green potatoes. Mm-mm-mm. All right. Uh, so, no, this is a good thing. But, but a lot of people covering this missed the fact that these that, that Apple is not going to be supporting end-to-end encryption on day one with uh, RCS. That may change, though, if RCS is able to add end-to-end encryption before Apple's day one with it, right? Like, yeah, you, you know, like, yeah, we don't it's, have a it's date nice yet. that it's encrypted, but, you know, 99.8% of the time, I, I kind of don't care. I know what I get, but I get the reason for it. I want, and, and, and it should be your communications should be private, correct? Your communications, and there's a reasonable expectation of privacy, correct? So that, that's it. That's really what it is. It's just that yeah. that you know, if I text you something, I, I want it to be private, and and yeah, yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah. Okay, Dave. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't want people to know. Well, like we knew that Adam was coming on the show and I didn't want the people sniffing our messages to know that Adam was coming until Adam right. was ready to make that announcement. That was his news, not ours. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And now it's our, our collective news to share, but wait I, a I minute. You mean I wasn't supposed to put that out two months ago? Uh, no, you were not. It wasn't quite two months. It, yeah. It, it, I was going to say this, this is, <laughs> it was, it was brewing in my head two and a half months ago, but not, not with any timing. It was just like, well, Maybe someday if, you know, there's a world that would, this would be a good mix. That was really all I thought yeah. in the car. And it was like, oh, no, file that away. Exactly. Say Man, nothing. So Dave. smart. I'm excited. Same. Yeah. It, it all, every, everything happens for a reason, Pete. And, right. uh, and, and this is one of those good ones. So, yep. Yep. The reasons aren't always good. This is a good one. So next week, join me and Adam for the Mac Geek Gab. <laughs> <laughs> no, next week, it's just you and me. The oh, okay. week after is uh, is uh, is when Adam Adam joins up. So yeah, we're gonna push you out, Dave. You know that's totally fine. Like this is okay. You're going, yeah, you're going. Please, yeah. Please push me out. No, I, I really. I you. you know, I I will say I don't. When we sold the Mac Observer, Reed had many offers over the years, and I, I at, yeah. at no you know at, at many earlier points I wasn't ready to sell, and then I was ready to sell, but I wasn't sure it was going to be good for me. Like my, I, I, I had this belief, which was true at a period of time. And, and clearly is no longer true that I needed the Mac observer to open doors for me to do other things. Right. And, and, and it and, was true. Absolutely. Correct. Yeah. That, yes. Yeah. There was a period of time where that, that was absolutely true. Cause it opened the doors for all of the things that I even currently still do in my life, right? Right. And, like podcasting did not exist when you opened the Mac Observer. Correct. This this is now an avenue to many of those things. It gave me an on ramp, right? And so, and 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 so I I wasn't ready to step away from that for a long time, and then and then I was. Uh, obviously, we 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 took the deal and and uh, made the deal happen. Really, is is a better way to say it. Uh, I am not. But when I did that, I was really adamant about keeping this. I not only is it is it good for me for like that purpose. It's an on ramp to other opportunities. But primarily, I like doing this show. Like this is fun. 
I, it, and I like helping I hope it's people. It's much fun for you still as it as it was on day two, it, it, day one. It, you know? It's it, I'm having more fun with the show now than I have in a long time. I, I really like I'm 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 it, like yeah. It, it's it, and I think part of that is not having the additional management uh, time consumed by running the Mac Observer. Right, like I, I'm able to right. focus on this. It's great. So, so it was bittersweet to let that go. I assume but. correct. Yeah. yeah, and the hardest part was the uh, the staff because th- we really were a family, and yeah. and not being able to go see my family every day for staff meetings was that was the hardest part. The second hardest part was not saying welcome to the Mac Observer's <laughs> Mac Decap. How still, many times did that happen? <laughs> I still sometimes go to say it. Like the muscle memory is deep, man. Yeah, yeah. but um, but I uh, but I'm not ready to 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 leave this show however the idea that this show could exist without me is is something that never occurred to me until adam mentioned it the other day now i know adam doesn't want to like the point is not to bring adam in to replace me eventually he doesn't (laughs) he doesn't want that like the whole point is that he doesn't want to have to produce a show and i do i love doing this show the idea that wait could it like oh interesting so i like you know uh, i don't know like it's it's i'm excited about where we're taking this show really really excited i'm also excited about ben's uh quick tip which is our final quick tip of this episode as far as i know is uh it says to date i knew i could specify the email address to use for each contact when sending to a group or list and this is something that you do in uh, in on the Mac in contacts with edit distribution lists it says, however, I never read the fine print at the bottom. And this is in contacts in the edit menu, edit distribution list. He says, I never read the fine print at the bottom that indicates the same window also offers specifying phone number and address. These additional selections are valuable when sending a group text message, printing envelopes or mailing labels or other use cases. So, This is a quick tip with about 14 bonus quick tips baked into it. So number one is this in contacts. If you've never done this before, you can create groups. First of all, maybe that's the first one, right? the lead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you can create groups in contacts. Which is huge for focus modes. Right. And then, God, I didn't even think about using groups for focus modes, Pete. Oh, man. Like this is, I I said it was the last quick tip. I, as far as I knew... I we've proven now that was a correct statement. There you go. Uh, so in contacts, once you've you know created a distribution list or a group, you go to edit, edit distribution list, and then you, as you click on each group, it'll show you the members. And as as Ben articulated, it shows you all of their email addresses, all of their phone numbers, all of their physical addresses, and you get to pick one that is the primary for when you invoke this group. It sends to that address instead of a different address. And this is super handy if you go to email a group or whatever. You know, like I have my band members each in in separate groups and I don't want to email Aaron at work. I want to email Aaron at home like because he wants me to do that. And so but I don't want to lose his work address in case I ever need it for whatever, you know, so because it's part of his contact record. So you can get to go set that. And now Ben points out something I never paid attention to either is that you can do the same thing for their phone numbers and their 
physical addresses, which is super, super handy. So thank you for that amazingly dense quick tip. And uh, thank you for affording us the opportunity to unpack it. All right. You know, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for our small businesses. And we want to be 100 percent certain that we have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why we love LinkedIn jobs. And you got to check this out. LinkedIn jobs helps us find the right people for our teams faster and for free. And it's going to do the same thing for you. We use LinkedIn jobs to find Sadie. She has been doing a fantastic job here, and there's no world where we would have found her, nor would she have found us, were it not for LinkedIn Jobs. It's super easy. You just go create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Then you add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And then simple tools like screening questions make it super easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. These screening tools are great. I created some very specific questions to the job that really let me find the right people to then go interview and eventually add to the team here. And this is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk with faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash mgg that's linkedin.com slash mgg to post your job for free terms and conditions apply and our thanks to linkedin jobs for sponsoring this episode all right our first question of the week comes from listener larry who says i'm replacing my failing lacy rugged usb 3.0 drive with a sandisk made by western digital portable extreme ssd stepping up to an ssd i want to make uh, sure to get the laser fast speed that is promised. I have an anchor hub plugged into the back of my Mac studio. The drive has a USB-C cable that comes with a USB-A adapter. Uh, is there going to be a difference in speed if I have it plugged into the hub versus plugging directly into my Mac's uh, USB-C port? Pete, you want to you want to start yeah, off? Yeah, I this can one? answer that. Okay. Yes. Maybe. Next question. Sure. Great. Thanks for the one word okay. answer, Pete. Maybe. Thank goodness Adam's coming. Right. <laughs> Carrying the show, Dave. <laughs> Pete, you always carry the show with your one word answers. But maybe you know, just say? this once. I, I'm, a, I'm addicted to being a smart aleck. So mm -hmm. what can I say? Um, you know, it's it's like when I'm flying along and, and air traffic control says, say altitude. It takes every fiber of my being not to key the mic and go altitude. Oh yeah, Just that's going to be tough. Yeah, it's, yeah that's how yeah, I go. You yeah. know, it's very difficult. Uh, so no. So Larry wants to know: Is there a difference in the speed? It, and the answer is maybe. As I said, that's that's better answer than yes. If you plug your SSD into the hub versus the USB-C port, it, there's several factors that are going to come into play. Right? It's uh, the type and quality of the hub. The type and quality of the cable, the performance of your of your Mac Studio in this case. Um, generally speaking, plugging your SSD directly into the C port is going to give you the best possible speed with no interference or any chance of a bottleneck for anything along the way, the hub trying to share bandwidth, those sorts of things. But with the latest protocols and cables and, and the hub and the computer, 
I don't think you're going to see a significant slowdown. So it's going to depend on your how much you're willing to spend, Larry. What else is new, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean it, the the. So I'm going to I'm going to tell us to plug it in and try using what is it is it black black magic, magic. yeah for speed, sure disk speed test yep and compare the results yep that that would be uh, you know certainly that would be the way to make sure that you're getting the the best speed and we'll put a link to black magic again yeah. in the show so, notes so that that leaves me oh, a question no. to you Dave um, which was weird I, I, I used yeah I you stumped the geek right so I tried to use black magic the other day to when I was answering this question to check one of my own USB drives and it says, you don't have permission. And then I tried to check this read and write on my own internal hard drive. And it was like, yeah, you don't have permission. So is there something in black magic I'm missing? Cause I haven't used it in a while. Maybe you need to give it full disk access. Maybe, uh, maybe there you go. Maybe. That I mean, that's what I would do in those, in those yeah. cir- circumstances be like, okay, just, just like let the thing do whatever the heck it wants. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I can um, point to it, but it wouldn't let me have permission. So anyway, uh, no, as far as Larry's question, there's a lot to uh, sort of unpack and, and look at here. Yes, your Mac Studio has ports uh, that are that with USB-C connectors. They're uh, smoking. It doesn't mean that they are USB ports, though. They are, uh, and I, I don't have oh. all the Mac Studio specs in front of me, I'm, I'm, but I'm pretty sure that all of them are Thunderbolt ports. There, there, right. there might be a version of a Mac Studio that has some that are reserved as USB-C ports, but I don't think so because I have the lowest model Mac studio here and I'm pretty sure. Well, no, the ports there, on the, he's fr- going to look the ports on the front. You. No, the ports on the front are USB-C only. And then the ports on the back are Thunderbolt. So, okay. and those uh, are wicked fast. Yeah. But depending on what kind of anchor hub you plug into this, it could be a Thunderbolt dock and then it's going to pass data at Thunderbolt speeds, or it could be a USB-C dock or a USB dock. I, I, I got to make sure when we're talking about USB, the letters describe the connectors and the numbers describe the speed. So letters are only about shapes of connectors. They do not indicate right. speed. Thankfully, USB consortium is starting to change the, the, the numbers to actual just speed numbers. So you're not trying to do that translation in your head. Right. But, and in all likely, that $4 cable from Amazon ain't going to give you your Thunderbolt speeds. Well, as right. As we discussed on a previous. Yeah, but I think the um, SanDisk Portable Extreme comes with its own little cable. Right. Um, it does. But it also sure. is a USB 3.1 uh, device, and its max speed is 550 megabytes per second. So my guess is... It's not going to matter whether your hub is Thunderbolt or your dock rather is Thunderbolt or USB because this drive is likely going to be, and I don't want to, I don't want to use this term with any derogatory uh, implication, but it, but it is, will be the weakest link in the chain, so to speak, right? It's going to be the slowest of all the devices you've, you've mentioned, unless like Pete said, you, you wind up picking up a USB 2.0 cable, like Apple's USB charging cable. That's only, you know, that'll do, you know, a hundred Watts of charging, but, but you know, only USB two speeds and then it wouldn't hit this, but otherwise, yeah, this drive's going to be fine where you're going to see your lightning fast speeds from from this being an SSD is in terms of the latency, right? You're, you're not using sure. a rotational drive anymore. So I, I, I mean, I think all your advice is great. And I would, I would plug it in 
to one of your Thunderbolt ports with the included cable and run a Blackmagic speed test. And that way you're going to know definitively what the maximum speeds you're, or you're, you know, you're able to get out of this drive. Right. Then you use that as your, as your baseline and start plugging it in in other ways. And as long as you're still getting those max speeds, you know, in the most, in the way that's sort of logistically the most convenient for you to plug it in, then, then just do that. Yeah. yeah. Or what are you willing to accept in degradation? If, if, you know, yeah, if, if, it's, if it goes down to 350, is that killing you or are you good with that? Exactly. So, yep. Yep. Um, but and, yeah, but you're, you're, you will know is the. I will add that we kind of buried a, a cool stuff found in what's, there. What's that? That, that well, that, that hard drive, uh, that, that SSD. That's a little cool stuff found. Those are, I've got one of those I, and I plug that in regularly. That's my. Get old or, or tired. It's bad for your memory. Time machine. That's my time machine backup disc. Yeah. 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 So a little SSD, plug it in. Boom. There you go. Love it. There you go. Uh, you're, you're just so, just to acknowledge it uh, for the listeners, but also so you know, Pete, you you are definitely experiencing some bandwidth uh, I know. constraints. So well, if yeah, I happen I to cut in, you off uh, while you're talking, it's only because you've stopped talking. <laughs> As far as we're concerned, <laughs> right? Exactly. Uh, shall we? Well, shall we try it? And would you like to read Mark? I think we question? should move on to Mark. All right. Yeah. Cool. Mark has three terabytes of photos. Oh my! Yeah. <laughs> now I'm really impressed. We were we were laughing at a few hundred gigabytes uh, a couple weeks ago. Three terabytes of photos stored on an external Thunderbolt drive. I would like to view them in photos, but do not want to add them to my photo library. I don't want to physically have them on my internal one gig hard drive. I think he means one terabyte hard drive. I could be wrong. And of course, they will not fit. And I do not want them stored in iCloud storage. They ain't going to fit there either. Jeez. Uh, I, I don't think so, Dave. What? I, you know, I love, you I love questions like this because I started in the same spot you are. With, I don't think so. And I even typed that to Mark. And then I started uh, digging in a, a little bit to this, Pete. I think I know where you're going. Just, uh, yep. Just hit me. And not only is was I wrong saying, I don't think so. I mean, those were literally the words that I typed. Um, I'm now pretty sure that Mark can do exactly 100% of what he wants. And that is, if you look in photos... Settings general. There is an item in there labeled copy items to the I uh, to the photos library. And it is it is under the importing section, right? It's just in photos settings general. And if you uncheck that, two things happen. First is what's obvious there. It will it will not copy the items into your photos library. It will reference them so that you can see them and organize them and all of that when you're in photos, but the actual photos themselves themselves will stay on your external storage below that though. It says only items copied to the library will be uploaded to iCloud photos. So he actually gets both of his things with one checkbox. It's almost like somebody at Apple has thought about this. They uh, thought about it. That's amazing. I know. See, I was thinking I, before I even read the rest of your answer, I was thinking, well, yeah, you just create a second library on that other drive and you're good to go. Yep. 
Yep. It, but yeah, don't even need to do that. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you, you know, there there is, there are other ways to do this, and and I suppose it's while we're here, it's worth talking about them in case it solves your problem because you need something slightly different than what Mark needed, which was a very specific set of criteria. Um, iCloud photos only syncs with one library on your Mac. However, you can have multiple photos libraries on your Mac. You can only open one of them at a time in photos, but even if you open a second one, iCloud photos won't automatically start syncing that just because it's open in photos iCloud Photos only syncs to the library that is blessed as your system library. And you do that in the photos preferences. Uh, it, it's it's the system photo library. And in fact, it's right there in settings general. It shows you where your library is stored at the very top of that window. And you can check a bot or click a button that says use as system photo library. If you don't push that button, then it will not make that the system photo library, and then therefore it will not upload to iCloud Photos. So if you have a bunch of photos on an external drive that you want to manage separately and don't want them uploaded to iPhoto, or to, to uh, um, photos in the cloud, the, the yeah, whatever we're supposed to call it. I or into your, into your library on your hard drive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but like you can keep it separate. You can manage it. I've done this for clients before when they need me to help them, you know, sort of merge photos libraries. I do it in photos on my Mac, because it, it takes time and I, I you know, if, it, if it's it's cheaper for them for me to do it, you know, at my house than to go to their house and they have to pay me for all the hours I sit there as opposed to just the hours I'm working on doing the thing and letting the photos crunch in the background. Uh, it, you know, it, it's fine and it doesn't mess with my cloud photos or anything like that. It, it works really well. So, yeah, well, I you, wonder, you can do this along that line, I guess. Then what is there another option? I, I haven't even thought of in years something using something besides photos to manage photos. There's got to be other photo libraries out there that are worth managing, but I'll tell you, you know, we talked about it last week was the whole keywords manager thing, which it helps me to quickly organize tons of photos. Yeah. I don't know. You know of any others? I, I, I don't anymore. Um, I do. I'm looking to see if I put that in my notes for this week or for next week. You know what? I, we will talk about them next week. Because I I have a bunch of stuff uh, that I'm I'm putting together. I found a, uh, about some other photo management apps that are very very cool, and we'll, we'll talk about that in next week's show. If you Damn, know, I'm psychotic. I could see into the future. Psychic. psychic. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, if you know of any though, feedback at macgeekab.com, and we'll we'll pull it all together and and we'll have this conversation because there 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 are some great apps out there for sort of the the you know photos is fantastic for the beaten path of just wanting to manage your photos in the the, the way Apple has right. has decided but there are other apps so yeah yeah um let us know okay. uh, feedback okay. at macgeekup.com yeah cuz i i found a few just the other day and had started realized we had th- this episode was packed full so uh, okay so yeah 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 all right, uh, on to Dan's question. Dan says, I've never done with done anything with or tried to set up family sharing on my Apple accounts. My girlfriend, who is in the U.S. and I am in Canada, mentioned that she wanted to do that. 
My question is, since she's in the U.S., would it work for me to put her on my account and treat it like a quote unquote family account? Pete, you dug into this a little bit for us. I think. Uh-oh. Uh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm here. Okay. I'm here. You, there was a little bit of a lag, I think, because okay. of your connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your, your joke yeah. actually landed right. probably better than you intended. So, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, well, what can I say? Um, so family sharing lets you share with up to, I think, five in the family group. I'm, I'm I think I put that in my answer. Six. It shares your Apple purchases, your subscriptions. Um, oh, with five other six, including you. So five family members plus you. And photos, calendars, reminders, all that in the one family group. And the limitation is that affects your situation is you need to be in the same country because there are things that are not available in some regions or others across international borders. Oh, different app stores wait, and such. There's a solution. Really? Yes, absolutely. Some some apps are not there, and some apps are. But the solution is one of you or the other use a VPN, VPN into that country. So she could VPN into Canada and create an Apple ID there, and then you can share it that way. Oh. Or you could VPN, you know, using a PIA, yeah, 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 Internet Access or ExpressNet so- or something like that. Create your Apple ID using that IP address. I believe, and then you could share across international borders. That's so she would need That's a separate Apple ID that matches the country of the family share account. Interesting, right? I didn't. I, 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 I yeah. I have. I have no functional working knowledge of any of this. That's fast. That makes I sense. Tried though. it, but but big tech says you can do it. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I believe it. Research. Yeah, but, no. Yeah. That I mean that that makes. The, the the logistics of that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the only time I've run into problems where my VPN doesn't really work is like when I'm trying to watch YouTube TV from another country. Even though I'm VPNed into the United States, it's like, uh, 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 I know. I know where you <laughs> I know. are. I got GPS out of your iPad. I know where you are. YouTube for you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. YouTube no. TV. No, YouTube for you. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Interesting. No, that makes oh, sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Cool. Um, I, I, it, I am, I am fascinated that we have had you all over the world, literally like on the opposite side of the world and almost no connection problems. And now but, you're in like Mississippi and this is the worst it's been in six months. Yeah. <laughs> right. I love exactly. it. And, it's fine. Uh, We're, it's and, functional. And I'm, really, yeah. I'm in a suburb of Memphis. I mean, it's not like I'm in the backwoods in the middle of the state somewhere. I, that's awesome. I love it. I love that that's yeah. what we wound up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if a, a different in, room in that hotel would it, it just, you know, have better proximity Possibly. to the, to the access pretty, point. Pretty close to the center of the hotel. But boy, let me tell you, it. Uh, yeah, I'm in a <laughs> Lynn in, in South Haven, Mississippi. Yeah, man. Yeah. So. Yep. And not uh, to, but not to worry. I'll be gone soon. You won't be able to find me. I'll be at an undisclosed location soon, Dave. That's right. That's right. Yep. That's good. And that that's as it should be. <clears throat> Jay Oakley says, I have been tasked with getting a laptop with a broken screen to connect to an external monitor. The internal monitor is physically cracked and only shows colored lines, but of course, nothing useful. When I plug the external monitor in, it lights up and I see the expected wallpaper and can move the cursor over to it. But there's nothing to click on because it's in extended desktop mode. 
The menu bar and any windows I might happen to open are all showing on the broken internal screen. Is there some keyboard trick to getting the menu bar to jump to the external screen? I did not know the answer to this question, and this is one of the reasons I love our Discord Discord community. I don't know why I tried to make that a weird word to say. It's Discord. It's really simple. MacGeekUp.com slash Discord will get you there, and people are friendly and rarely even mispronounce things like I just did. Nibsuk in the Discord community, in our Discord, answered and said, uh, yes, when connecting an external monitor to a MacBook, the screen is extended rather than mirrored by default, making it difficult to work around broken internal monitors. There are some keyboard shortcuts, though, that should switch your Mac to mirrored mode. Command F1 is one. Command Option F1. Command Function F1. Those Think about F1, right? And the command key. And then hold other keys with it until you see what you want on the external display. <laughs> uh, or it, for Macs with a touch bar, it's Command and dim the display brightness icon in the control strip in the touch bar is the way to do it. So... Uh, and and it turns out that this is a MacBook with a touch bar. That's what worked for uh, Jay Oakley there, and the problem was solved. But what I had no idea, of course this exists. This is yet another one of those things that Apple has been through on their own and probably has needed to walk customers through countless times, and it's a pain in the neck. I've always VP, uh, VNC'd, like screen shared into my Mac. Like when my, my iMac screen died, oh. I, I yeah. screen shared in because I was like, I can't get to the main screen. And I never knew about these things. I'm not going to try it right now because it would it would be a disaster if I did that mid-show. I mean, I think the recording would keep going and that would be about it. Like, I wouldn't be able to see anything. <laughs> it would be a nightmare. I got three screens going here, Pete. It'd be crazy. Right. Thank you for that, Nibsook and Jay Oakley. Good, good stuff. Uh, where are we on time? Oh, we're doing all right. Okay. Tony asks, Tony asks, uh, I use a windows computer for work during the day and I have an M one Mac mini for personal use. When I'm working from home, both computers share a wireless keyboard, mouse and dual monitors via a KVM switch. I would like to listen to music from the Mac while I am working with my windows laptop. So as to keep the music traffic off of the company VPN to avoid it from complaining. I'm looking for a USB volume knob that I can use with the music apps on the Mac, Spotify, Bandcamp, Siri, you know, all those things to control the volume of the music on my Mac so that I can take Zoom calls on the Windows computer. Having to use the KVM to switch over to the Mac and log in just to turn the volume down takes too long when a critical call comes in. Ah, so you want to be able to just turn down or mute your, your Mac without having to like see the Mac screen or control the Mac screen. Yeah, all right. be able to goof off at work with it. God, I don't know that he's goofing off. I, like, I think I'm listening kidding. to music is is a valuable thing. I, this is, is interesting because the solution he wants is the same solution I want. But what happens on my Mac is when a call comes in, all of my volume controls and my mute and play pause controls. Really, what I want to do is just pause the stuff over there yeah. is uh, they they now have the focus of the call that's coming in. And so right. I can't right. mute it. Right. So. I, I love this idea. Pete, do you, well, and he's do you got, have any he's thoughts? He's on the PC. Yeah. And he doesn't want his personal music on his work PC, right, so he right. keeps it on his Mac. And yes, that's I like great. Yeah. Um, so well, there are three options. I'll put, we'll put the links into the show notes. There's a, a YMOO YMU, Y-Moo? multimedia control knob, okay. yep. a VDR USB volume 
knob, multimedia controller, and a, an Amazon D-Rock lossless computer controller adjuster. All right. I mean, all real stuff. And then, I mean, every now and then, there, there's some there's some other uh, cool stuff. And, and, and here's one that, that I got for the purpose of this show. And I, I, Somebody's me. Right? Oh. Sound effects. I use the Elgato Stream Deck, and you can use... Oh, we're there, You're there we go. The, I'm back. I was You're gone. Good. I'm back. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used the Elgato Stream Deck and I used the 15 button one, but that plug that into the USB on your Mac. Oh, and you have all manner of control of things between that and keyboard maestro and the macros that that thing will run. For instance, when we go to do the show. I actually have one button that I push and it calls up Chrome and it moves me to StreamYard and it calls up Audio Hijack Pro and then Farago, which I use for the sound effects and Loopback in order to mix it properly and Discord and all that stuff comes up with the push of one button. So I the like Stream these. Deck is a far more expensive option. These are, you know, the other first three I mentioned are 25 to 35 or $40. And the Stream Deck is in the $149 range when it's not on sale. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But those are pretty good options there, those, those first three that I, I mentioned. I like the these little there. volume knobs, yeah. And, they, yeah. and, and like, some of them have play-pause controls and, and mm -hmm. shuttle controls where you can skip to the next song or whatever. So, like, th this is really, uh, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what he's looking for. It's exactly for. what he's looking for. I, yeah. I, yeah, there, like years ago, there was like one company that made a thing. And I'm looking because I had it. It was like the iRig volume knob or something, yeah. shuttle control or something. But it was yeah. just a knob. Like it didn't do anything else. And these are, th these Play, are. Play, pause, fast forward, yeah. volume up, volume down. Yeah. And, yeah. And I venture to guess they're just sending the same signal the Stream Deck is. <laughs> Um, they're pre-programmed. They're pre-programmed. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it, it's probably different than the Stream Deck because the Stream Deck is sending different types of things that then have it, to be it's triggered. More of a keyboard. It's, it's more of a. It's like a keyboard. Stuff. Correct. Yeah. yeah so. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But yes, I mean, in in a sense, it's doing the same thing. It's it's sending a command that the computer then then does something with. So, how good finds, man. I like that. That's great. Yeah. And Christmas. Hanukkah. Wow. All those That's seasons right. are coming. We're upon thou shalt exchange gifts. We are upon are, that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And those, those are good gift ideas. Yes. 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 I like it. Uh, in the questions that turn into cool stuff found and therefore become expensive, Rich asks, I have an Apple MacBook Pro uh, 16 inch. I've been using it uh, without an external display forever, I'm thinking about getting a 27-inch monitor. My problem is the MacBook Pro display is awesome, and I mm -hmm. and is just an excellent display. Basically, Apple has spoiled me. Yes, I feel your pain. He says I like I do photography, and I like the color palette and the sharpness and the Retina and the ProMotion and all of that of the MacBook Pro. Should I shell out the big bucks for an Apple Studio display? Or do I go with the LG Ultrafine 5K display or a BenQ display? I'm not sure the MacBook Pro supports an external monitor above 60 hertz. It depends on the model of your MacBook Pro. Mac Tracker will probably help you decide that. Uh, does anyone have experience down these paths? Yeah, I do because I've been spoiled in the same ways and I've had to uh, come to terms with that. When I, you know, I had a uh, 27 inch iMacs, Retina iMacs yeah. for a long time. And 
the first one that I stopped using was the one in the office when I got the M1 Mini. And so I was like, I've been, I'm too spoiled. You know, I have a retina up in the studio. I had a retina here at my desk. I, I, I can't not retinize. And so I bought the LG Ultrafine 27 inch uh, display. Amazon, it's 5K. It's, you know, it's, it's essentially that display from the, uh, from the, inside the, you know, the 27 inch iMac uh, close enough. And you can, I bought it uh, refurb on Amazon. They still are available there. I mean, I bought it years ago. The price hasn't changed much, if at all. It's 988 bucks, which is a crap ton of money to spend on a 27 inch display. And it's gorgeous and it's awesome. However, I have um, been coming to realize that there are some really good 4K displays, not 5K, that look really good with a Mac, that even look really good right next to the Retina display in the configuration oh, that you're okay. talking about there. And I found yet another one recently. The, the, um, the, the, there's a couple. like The ViewSonic, the 2768 4K, is awesome. I, I, I love it. Uh, it, 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 it looks fantastic. It's, it's got a black bezel, uh, if that, you know, and, and a black stand and all of that stuff. But it, it, it was my primary monitor here in the studio with the, with the Mac studio all summer, because it was the best screen that I had that I wasn't going to take my retina screen from downstairs. And I very quickly learned, you know what? It's fine. Uh, it, it looks great in fact. And then I went to Pepcom recently, uh, as you know, and I got to check out another display from a company called Philips, and it is their Creator Series uh, display. It's 500 bucks for this 27-inch display. It is fantastic. It's got, first of all, the glass on it. It is what's in front of me right now. I can't compare it to the the uh 27 inch iMac in in this room because that screen died of course but i i would say that it very it's very reminiscent of looking at that display it's okay. really, it, like so it has a fantastic glass in it and it really is is like sharp and and warm and the colors are all right in fact we were noticing this morning uh, that i was looking at colors of our video on this screen and then I moved it over to the ViewSonic. It was like, wait, what happened? Oh, different screen. Okay. Uh, and uh, it, it really is gorgeous. It also is rotatable. Like in its stand, I could rotate it and use it in uh, in portrait Ooh. mode if I so chose. I'm not doing that right now because I prefer it in wide mode. But I'm thinking about maybe moving things around and having it in portrait mode to my right here in the studio. There's There's options. It's got a hub. It's got a hub in it, USB hub. It's got like three USB C ports, uh, USB A, a couple of USB A ports, and then of course Display Port and HDMI and all of those things. It can be driven USB uh, C. It can be driven, of course, Display Port or HDMI or, or any of those. It goes full sixty hertz. It's gorgeous. That hub also allows it to have its own KVM in it. So like what Tony was talking about in the last question where he has his Mac and his PC hooked up to the same monitor, he has a KVM that he bought separately to do that, right? For, you know, probably between 50 and 150 bucks, depending on the capabilities. This screen has that built into it. So you just plug all your things in 
and then tell it what's where and it will share the keyboard and mouse that's also plugged into it with the computers upstream. So it's it's a pretty it's a pretty special display and it'll provide 96 watts of power out to your MacBook as well. So less than five hundred dollars, four ninety nine. Wow, dude, that's amazing. When I saw this, I I'd seen the press release they'd sent me it embargoed, you know, before Pepcom or whatever, and I sure. read about it on on the train. It was like, oh, I got to make sure I see this. Like a lot of times, when people are there with displays. It's like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. And uh, and then I went and saw, it, and it was like, wait a minute, uh, this is special. And it, it truly is. And it's set yeah. up really fast. The stand is, is like, you know, adjustable in every which way. So it, you don't need a hub anymore. Don't need to. Yeah. I mean, it depends it. on how you want to no. hook things no. up, but yes. Okay, fair enough. But, yes. but if, what is it? Four, four ninety nine. No, no. The, uh, but the Daisy chain and, and, and the, to, uh, to, to the USB-C built in KVM height adjustable. Yep. Daisy chain yep. powered, powered, uh, 96 watts. Yep. And, uh, but it looks like you said four USB. Four, uh, three USB C. I, I might have said four, but I it, now that I'm thinking about it, it's got three USB C. One provides 96 watts of power. The other provides 15 watts of power, and then okay. the middle one I think is just five watts. And and then there's two USB A's as well. And then you know all of your sort of video ports if you if you want to call it that. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. It's a, it's a. I'm I'm blown away by this display. It's the Philips Creator Series. 27 inch it's 4k uhd ips black it like it, the color it's the colors are ju- yeah man yeah. I, yeah i know yeah it's 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 a serious contender against a display that's that double the price podcasting monitor at home yeah man get one of those yep oh beautiful it's gorgeous yeah it really is yeah it really is so not that long ago i i managed to pull up a, a like a 10 or 11 year old macbook air yep it, my, I had given it to my sister after I was done with it, and then she brought it back and said, I'm not using it anymore, and gave it to me. And I opened it the other day, and I'm like, no, I have my glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. That used to pass as standard. Yeah. 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 So yeah, no, what, it's, what, yeah, what, yeah. No. The, the screen I have behind me here in the studio, all I use it for is displaying – the logo of the, like the Mac geek Gab logo or something interesting for you to see you. on camera. Right. That yeah. that's, I do not use it as a display, but it is the third display connected to this computer. And I, I just set the background and I'm done. Yeah. I, like I used that monitor as a monitor, like, like staring at it all day. Now, yeah. I, like if I look at it now, it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> is you squinting? Yeah. Clean, yeah. clean your eyes. And my eyes screen. were better back then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of eyes, I'm going to jump us to cool stuff found because I I know we're going to run out of it. time. Yeah. Okay. Um, I did get to check out. There was another monitor at Pepcom that I got to check out, Pete, and it's the ViewSonic. It's a portable screen. So you know how I'm into these portable screens, right? Yeah. But, you know, yeah. when I travel, I like to have a portable screen. And we have learned that you can get away with a a 1080p screen as long as it's the right 1080p screen. We've talked mm-hmm. about those on the show, but stepping it up a little bit, going to a 4K screen definitely is visually noticeable even at the 15-inch size. And so the difference between like a 1080p screen is, you know, maybe 120 bucks, maybe closer to 100 if you can find the right deal. The uh, K U U. What is the the screen that I really like? That I the KVV screen, whatever it is. Uh, that is 4K. 
is about 220 bucks. So you're doubling your price there, 240, depending again, depending on the day. I'll let you double the price again for the screen that I'm about to tell you about. However, this screen is the result of iterative design and it checks all of the boxes. Mm. It is the ViewSonic uh, VX1655 4K OLED 15.6 inch screen. This thing is gorgeous. That's like the glass on it again, blew me away. It show, you know, we've been remodeling the kitchen at home. And so Lisa was sort mm-hmm. of displaced from her normal place of work in the house. And so instead of using her big 27 inch monitor with her MacBook air, she was using one of my portable screens, you know, the 15 inch 4k screen with the MacBook air. This showed up. I set it up for her to test. Cause it was like, well, I gotta, I gotta test this somewhere. You're, you're a perfect candidate. And it was like, she was like, Whoa, we were both like, wait a minute. It's awesome. The so like it looks great and and that's what's gonna like justify or not the the you know four hundred and forty two dollar price that that it's going for on Amazon. However, the layout of this thing is fantastic because less than an inch thick. It's less than an inch thick. One of the things there are two things that drive me and and several of you that have talked about this with drive us call crazy. Uh, in terms of these displays, one of them is when the stand for it juts out, like if it's a fold around stand and it juts out in front of it. So you can't put something on the the desk in the hotel right in front of the display, right? This does not have that. It has a kickstand that comes out the back of it. That again is super flat when it folds in and it's just a simple little kickstand. It kicks out. And, uh, and, and so it takes up no room in front of it on your hotel desk. So that part's great. The, uh, the, the second best part about this kickstand is that all of your connectors are in the kickstand and the kickstand is not as wide as the display. This means you can plug a USB-C cable in to the, the, where it goes on the display and still put the display right up against your MacBook Pro because you don't have the room of the cable sticking out the side of the display. Right. right. Like, and, and the bezel on it, uh, just to fit all the electronics in it, it, it needs to have some room in the bezel. They put all of that room at the, the bottom. bottom, right? Yep. So it, it effectively lifts the display about an inch up off the desk, which is where you would want it next to your laptop. And the bezel looks like it's smaller than a, like an eighth of an inch. And, yeah. And then around the rest of it, it's an eighth of an inch. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Exactly. It, it like wow. it looks great and Whoa. functionally it is yeah. designed really, really well. So what I need to figure out how to do is to wrestle this back from Lisa before I take my next trip. Uh, and so that's right. going to be the, and I see on Amazon, it says deliver to Dave in Durham. You need to change that address deliver to <laughs> Pete and Lee. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no Pepcom. I did not go to Pepcom expecting to come back with, you know, some of my favorites being, two monitors and yet that is exactly what happened so yeah 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 it's it, I'm, I'm, i was impressed with these and it takes a lot um to, you know monitors generally you're sort of a dime a dozen it's like yeah you need a 27 inch monitor go find the right one at viewsonic or mono price and you're done like that that's you know yeah. that's it and then phillips was like nope i got you uh I, uh, there's a couple more cool stuff's found. I want to yes, I want to get in sir. here. 
and I know you've got one too, Pete. Rod L tells us about, he says, you know, when you don't want to take a screenshot just to lift the text off the page, right? Cause you can do that now. If, yeah. if there's like an I- image or something that has text in it, you can take a screenshot and then, and then, in, you know, in preview, you can, yeah. you can pull or search the- photos for a word. And if exactly. there's a sign in your photo that has that word in it, it goes and finds it. Right. Wow. <laughs> but he found an app called text sniper that nice. does this for you without you needing to do the screenshot hokey pokey. And uh, it just extracts texts from images and anywhere else instantly from YouTube videos. If there's text in a YouTube video, it'll grab the text out of that online courses, screencasts, you know, photos, obviously all of those things. So yeah, I did like, as soon as I saw it, it was like, oh yeah, this is a Mac app. I'm going to, I wonder if there's an iOS app that uh, is similar. It doesn't look, it doesn't look like it from this. I, I don't know. You would have to do the screenshot on iOS because apps can't, yeah, can't that's true. Control and, your and screen on iOS. Plus, like there's, they le- can. there's less need for it, I think, in iOS than in a. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I mean, iOS sort of does it t- t- as part of iOS, so it's yeah. all sort of there. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah. So thank you for that, Rod. Um, I had never heard of Tech Sniper, so uh, yeah, yeah. This is a this is a good one. He says, uh, yeah. he says we do a lot of content development, website creation, process documentation. And I'm always grabbing text from something and repurposing it somewhere else. And if I can't simply highlight it, I fire up Text Sniper. It's easier than taking a screenshot. One of the things I love about Text Sniper, he says, is its accuracy. I seldom, if ever, have to correct the text it grabs. And this is especially important when I'm grabbing things like a SKU, a part number, a serial number, a VIN, uh, you know, on your car, the vehicle identification number. Uh, that that sort of thing that wouldn't get caught by spell check and fixed. You need to have accuracy. So thank you for that, Rod. That's great. I found something, Pete, this week that might change the lives of all of us. I uh, I was looking for a backup destination for my uh, Synology. I've been using Synology C2, you know, a cloud backup destination. I have a one okay. terabyte plan with C2. And I'm sort of the things I want to back up are now just inching above one terabyte. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, C2 is 60 bucks a year to move up to two terabytes. Actually more than doubles my price. Cause I have to buy the different plan of C2 or whatever uh, it is. Okay, yeah. yeah right, right. And so it's like, okay, so now it's going to be 140. I'm like, well, eh, that's real money. Like, let's look around. Let's find. And I found, I, I found something called iDrive E2. Now, what iDrive E2 is, is it is an, uh, uh, um, oh gosh, why can't I think of the name of it? An Amazon S3 compatible storage uh, service. And S3 is what Amazon started as their, you know, if you want to store things in buckets, uh, you just use this and and you're good to go. And then you can, you can buy different types of Amazon S3 storage, depending on how you want to retrieve your data. If you want to retrieve your data, if it's meant for cold storage or whatever. Uh, but Amazon Glacier, even Amazon Glacier, which is their sort of least expensive one is still pretty expensive on par with, you know, what you would pay for say the Synology C2 at 60 bucks a year or anything like that. I drive E2 for one terabyte is 30 bucks a year, except my first year I get for $15. Right. I signed up for this. I 
uh, actually bifurcated my Synology backups because I'm I'm signed up through August for for C2. I paid my 60 bucks. I, I can't get that back. They won't. You know, it's, it's, yeah. that's how it works. They don't prorate it or anything. So, no refund. No, right. Which is fine. And so I'm like, well, I'm over anyway. So I'm going to move my biggest thing over to iDrive E2 now. Leave sort of the crumbs, the, the things that spill over the one terabyte. Uh, I'll leave those on C2 for now. And then when... Uh, next year comes around, I'll expand my iDrive to uh, two terabytes, which at worst will be 60 bucks, but I bet I can convince them to give it to me for 30 again, because that's how all of these services work. They just, you know, it's like, it's is it actually ever 30 yeah. bucks or is it always 15? You know? Well, and here's the thing. Even if it is 30 bucks, it's in my still half opinion, the price. Right. And by, well, or even if it is 60 bucks, I'm sorry. But still, that's half the price. Two pair terabytes. Yeah. yeah. But, but think about it. What does that cost if you were out buying hard drives and then having right. to replace those hard drives in five years because it's, you know, they're yeah. wearing out and that's, it's that time. That's awesome. And now just to help my brain get around it, hyper, cause I don't use it yet. Hyper backup is an app in Synology, correct? Correct. Hyper backup is, is Synology back from one Synology drive to another or in this case, to your iDrive. Yeah, and all you do is, and they have instructions for how to do this specifically oh. with Hyper Backup, but it's very straightforward. You you launch Synology's Hyper Backup, you choose S3 storage as your okay. as your thing, and then you put in the HyperDrive server and your access key. Your you know essentially your username and password. It's 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 a it's an access token yeah. that it generates for you. But you know you put that in there, and then you just store it in a bucket. And and you can have multiple buckets. Like I could buy iDrive storage, and and this is where I wanted to go with this. I could buy uh, S3 compatible storage from iDrive or from anyone, and use you know one blob of storage. So I could buy two terabytes or five terabytes or whatever from iDrive E2, and then have different buckets for the different things I want to back up. I could have one bucket for one Synology, one bucket for another Synology, buckets for each of my Macs. So mm -hmm. your cloud backups for your Macs can be done to these generic S3 storage providers like iDrive. And the app that I would use to back up to iDrive E2 from my Mac is ARQ from Haystack Software. It It is built yeah. for this. It's at ARQ, ARQ ARCbackup.com. And you buy the software and then you use the software it and and in you know they are not the backup service provider they are i mean actually they are now they have they have arc um cloud you can you can pay 60 bucks a year and five computers and you get one terabyte of storage but you can also just buy arc 7 for arc version 7 for 50 bucks and then you can back up to whatever you want okay. uh and and you know however much storage you want to buy and it it's amazing how yeah. well uh, but then the iDrive that we were talking about a minute ago, that is also much cheaper than buying a second Synology unit, filling it with drives and handing it to me and having it, me plug it in in my yep. basement and vice versa. Yep. It's offsite. It's offsite. It's way cheaper than Backblaze. Cheap. It's way cheaper than like it's it's the yeah. least expensive I've found. They've been around for a little while Obviously, you can, you know, have whatever your ARC or Hyper Backup will encrypt your data on, you know, before it sends it up there. So, you know, that's fine. That, that was going to be my next yep. question. Yeah. Is it yeah. secure? Yeah. And it's your, you have the keys. You have the now. keys. Yeah. So, yeah. And they're, you know, they're compatible with tons of things at iDrive, which 
it, it, I mean, of course they are. They're just an S3 compatible. Like the, 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 anything that works with S3 works with iDrive is really how that how that goes. Um, it's great. Uh, so think th- the reason I wanted to bring it up is a because I found this pricing and I was blown away. But B, I wanted to share this idea of, you know, you don't have to buy the backup software and storage from the same vendor, right? Like you you right. Th- you can you can sort of open source this if you will, which is really what we're talking about here and potentially save yourself some money and and offer, you know, get yourself some flexibility. So, yeah. So, those are my three yeah. cool stuff found for this week. Pete, you had uh you had you had something from last episode you wanted well, yeah, to share so, as yeah. we were as we were riding out the episode here. Yes, yeah. we did. Yeah. We, here's the thing. If you haven't seen it, Dave put the link in uh, Discord. He put the link in the show notes. Go back and look at the cover image for last week's show. MacGeekGab.com slash or 1009. Yep. 1009. MGG.FM Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom. And yep. look at that cover image. Yeah. And Dave and I were howling. <laughs> When that image came up, and it was AI generated using Dolly under a, a Open AI, yeah, Chat GPT four, what have you. Um, it it's amazing that that is now free with Doll. Is it dot e dash e dash e whatever? Know. It's Dolly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it's yeah. it's built within. Uh, it's not, AI, open it's AI's not free. Chat GPT. You it's have to pay your twenty bucks a month. A year, yeah, a month. I'm sorry, twenty dollars a month. Yeah. If, if you've got any kind of a workflow that, that chat GPT works for you, you will find that four works so much better than 3.5. I think it's worth the $20 a month. I paid it for a while, then I quit, and I degraded to 3.5, and I, about six weeks later, went back to 4.0, said quit being cheap. Yep. It's so much better. I am um, so much more effective. And it, but but you created this image and we were I, I think it's in the top three of all Mac Geek Gab oh yeah. cover art. Oh yeah. I, well we were talking about you know, we just kept saying in last episode, you have our permission, you have our permission. So it was obvious that was gonna be the title. And yeah. I had used Dolly mid episode to create a, <clears throat> a picture of two nerds with you know, giving you your permission. And that's all I told it to do. Yeah. And then the concept of a goat rodeo came up. And it was like, oh, man, that should be the episode image. And I'm like, what about? And so I did. I typed to to chat GPT. Let me see if I can find it here. The words that I typed. Draw a wide orientation picture of a goat rodeo with two nerdy goats giving you permission. This is the image that came up. There was no iteration Ooh. required from uh, from this. Like, this was it. And, and I I saw this came up on my screen mid episode, like while we were talking. And it was like, how do I n- not like burst out in tears laughing at this stupid thing? Because ChatGPT Dolly, it's it's not good at um spelling words spelling, correctly. No. But that was perfect. I think it's intentional almost. Well, <laughs> I don't know. But it was perfect for these nerdy goats to have missed misspelled go ahead on their stupid painted signs. Like it just <laughs> I wish I could say that yeah. I I had this vision and iterated it with ChatGPT yeah. to 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 realize it. And no, I like this is what it came up with. So yeah, yeah it's, the bow tie on the back of the neck. But you the, you can play with the goat rodeo. You can play with Dolly three without uh, paying for yeah. ChatGPT. You can use uh, Bing AI 
has has Dolly three in it okay. now. So you got to use Microsoft Edge. They but, limit you to like ten a day, though, right? 10, yeah, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, but yeah. but you can play with it. So yeah, yeah, go play with it. I have no idea what this episode's uh, title is going to be at this point. We're going to have to figure that out. It, maybe it's the finest of all green bubble potatoes. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I, nothing better seemed to have come up, so I think that might be it. So now I got to yes figure out no. green bubble <laughs> potatoes. Yeah, exactly. Yes and no. Yes. Short answers. Yes and no. That's it. Short answer. Yep. Yep. Thanks for hanging out with us a little extra today, folks, while we talked about this. Thank you for uh, all your quick tips and your questions and your cool stuff found. Love it. We love being able to do this. And uh, we're. It's a privilege to be here. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I meant what I said earlier, you know, about not having any plans to to leave the show like that or end the show or anything like that i like i'm this is you know i i still have other businesses i am not retired but if if i ever get to a point where i i say that i am quote unquote retired my guess is i'll still be doing this so right on yep yep i uh we're gonna get to show 2000 baby <laughs> we might we might. We're definitely going to get to twenty years. Um, yeah, absolutely. That, that was a that I've never said this publicly before, uh, but that for a while, like when we were in the twelve to fifteen year range, there were some moments there where it started to feel a little bit like a grind. And in, in this, I'm like, all right, MGG twenty, and I even had like a thing in my notes, like, okay, there's like we got to make it to MGG twenty. It's twenty years, not MGG twenty right. twenty. And now it's like, okay, maybe it's MGG 30. Like, I, I don't I don't know. Like, 20 is close. Like, we're 18 months away from that. I don't know. Right. No, we're not stopping at MGG 20. No, no. Yeah. No, no. no. <laughs> well, and, and, it, and it can be a grind. And I didn't realize how much until I started trying to do my own show. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, it's a lot of work every week. Yeah. This is not a this is not something you just do. It, 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 <laughs> I always say that it's a labor of love. There have been yes. times where it, it the, 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 was more labor than love. Uh, right. But... These days, I'm really back to to the the balance being far on the other side of that. I I, I love doing this. Um, uh, so yeah, thanks for hanging no, out with us. And this, it folks. comes through. Yeah, I, I think it does. I and my and I know that it came through when it was more labor than love. I remember hearing from some of you. You know, at times you're like, oh, you know, you're being a little short on the show. Like you, I can tell that you're not. Like, is everything okay? I mean, it was it was all very kind and supportive. But it was, you know, y'all telling me, mm, yeah, you're not, you're not batting a thousand anymore. I'm like, yeah, right. that's I know. the great thing about this audience. It's more of a community. It's way, it is audience. a community. Yes, it is a community, yes. not an audience. No, yeah. it's not an audience. No, and, and you guys are fantastic. Yeah. And on Discord, yeah, everywhere. Yeah, come join Discord. Come hang out with us. That's uh, just, just do that. Mgg.fm/discord or macgeekup.com/discord, um, and we'll we'll see you over there. And. Uh, uh, thanks to our sponsors, of course, LinkedIn.com slash MGG for uh, sponsoring the episode. You can see about all our sponsors at MacGeekGab.com slash sponsors. I'm looking at Pete's shirt. Your camera's working. Folks, I have three words of advice for you today. And uh, make sure, please, if you're going to do anything that we've talked about in this episode, make sure you don't get caught. Made on a Mac. See it.